The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, you shouldn't rock the boat. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you, I am a boat I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this. I hate the work of those who follow it. My mouth I'll make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, you want to watch the video portion of the radio show. That's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and there are two videos at the top of the screen. Now, you guys seeing it right now, you'll notice that these are videos from the other day. I wasn't lying. We are live, but we're actually pre-recording the show right now. Uh, so with that in mind, it will look a little different than what people are seeing on the screen right now. On the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday afternoon. And so if you want to catch that, you can do so up until 3 o'clock Eastern today, at which time he'll be live in that area, okay? Right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, load whatever device you've got, 
Look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Click on that. You can join us in the chat on Rumble. We have friends over there, and it's great to see everybody. And so if you head over there, and or if you just want to go to Rumble, we are streaming live to Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Okay, that's the name of the channel. Please subscribe there. And then we're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. We thank those guys for giving us a platform over there as well. And then right up under where we're streaming live on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, you can sign up for our email newsletter that goes out once a day between 7 and 8 in the evening, Eastern Time. And um, then if you want our ministry email, and by the way, that will include your morning show archive. So some people say, hey, there, I don't see a button for archives, but we don't have that. I just archive it in an article uh, format. So if you want that, sign up for the email. You'll get it in your inbox every day, okay? And then if you want our ministry email that tells you what we're doing, not only on radio and internet and out among the people, but uh, gives you some exclusive content, uh, with regard to what the Sons of Liberty are doing out in the 50 states as well. Go to sonsoflibertyradio.com, sign up. It's right on the front page. That goes out once a week on Saturdays. Uh, so if you want that, go and sign up there, sonsoflibertyradio.com. Then finally, if you agree with their message, you'd like to help keep us out there doing what we're doing, there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that, make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And guys, we really do appreciate your support uh, very, very much. Uh, now, <clears throat> look, the other week we were talking about something. I want to say we were discussing the World Health Organization and their treaty and such. And uh, we've had James Rogowski on before, and we talked about that treaty. And so I've invited him back, and I'm going to bring him on in just a second. I've invited him back because it seems to me that what's going on is everybody looks to the WHO treaty. And they're missing these other things that are going on with regard to uh, the amendments <clears throat> that are being proposed, uh, specifically that of the international health regulations. And those things are, are largely going unnoticed. And so we're going to get James to talk about that in a second. But James put on a little, he put up a little video. And I want to play this before I bring him on. It's about five minutes. I played it for you guys before. But this is just sort of set the tone for what we're going to talk about today. And this is the distinction between this. It's a small pop quiz. Take a listen to what James has uh, put together here. Okay, it's pop quiz time to test your awareness of the difference between the proposed amendments to the international health regulations and the proposed so-called pandemic treaty. Here we go. Question number one. Which document seeks to remove the full respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people. Question number two, which document seeks to change the definition of the terms temporary and standing recommendations by deleting the phrase non-binding? Question number three, which document seeks to mandate that recommendations shall be implemented as soon as possible, effectively making recommendations legally binding? Question number four, which document seeks to empower the Director General to declare emergencies even if there is only the potential for an emergency to exist? Question number five, which document seeks to empower the Director General to create an allocation mechanism through which he would be authorized to control the means of production of required pandemic response products? Question number six, 
which document seeks to empower the Director General to recommend things such as quarantine, vaccines, and medical examinations and medical treatments that would be legally binding to implement immediately? Question number seven, which document seeks to create a global digital health certificate that would include vaccine, testing, prophylaxis, and recovery certificates, as well as passenger locator forms that would be implemented in both paper and digital form using QR codes? Question number eight, one of the documents requires the signature of a nation's official in order to come into force on a provisional basis. However, the other document requires no signature whatsoever, nor does it require the advice and consent of the Senate or Parliament. Which document would be entered into force under the concept of silence equals consent? Question number nine. Which aspect of the propaganda that is implemented by the media is more powerful and effective? Is it the promotion of news that includes enough misinformation to overwhelm any facts that are contained in the story? Or is it the maintenance of silence regarding information that is of vital importance while promoting stories of lesser importance? Okay, that's the end of the pop quiz. So here are the answers. All of the details mentioned in this pop quiz are aspects of the proposed amendments to the international health regulations. However, the media, including the alternative media, have been fixated on the proposed pandemic treaty and have mistakenly reported aspects of the proposed amendments as if they are included in the proposed pandemic treaty. At the same time, the media has all but ignored the proposed amendments to the international health regulations. Which aspect of propaganda is worse is up to you to decide. The result has been advanced confusion rather than comprehension. And here's one bonus take-home question. If a loved one was in an abusive relationship with someone who was attempting to gain legally binding control over their life, in order to abuse them even further, which non-binding advice would you give to them? Would you attempt to negotiate better terms to limit the abuse of their rights, freedoms, and dignity? Or would you recommend that they exit any and all aspects of their relationship with their abuser as soon as possible? For complete information, including the source documents, as well as a list of 10 things that you can do, actions that you can take, please visit stoptheglobalagenda.com or give me a call anytime at 310-619-3055. Okay. All right. That's James's uh, small presentation there, and that's going to set the stage for what we're going to talk about. By the way, it's kind of interesting. James asked at the end about this abusive relationship. This is what I've been saying about the federal government anyway. Hasn't it abused us enough? Isn't it time for a national divorce there? I think so. I think anybody else would see that if it was in that form of question that James just put in. Uh, but just so just so we're clear, uh, most people know uh, who James is, but I, I want to take and uh, real quickly, I got a, a number of windows open here and I just want to give him a proper introduction here before we bring him back on. And that is uh, James is a researcher, an author, a natural health proponent and an activist who believes that the old systems are rightfully crumbling 
so we must build uh, their replacements quickly. He's uncovered documents regarding proposed amendments to the international health regulations, which is what the video was just talking about, and was instrumental in raising awareness about them, which resulted in the amendments being rejected. James is now doing everything possible to expose the WHO's hidden agenda behind the proposed pandemic treaty, as well as the WHO's ongoing attempts to amend the international health regulations. And it's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, uh, James Roguski. It's good to see you, brother. Well, thank you for having me. Um, you know, it's actually even worse than that. Oh, and let me let me tell you something of which um, you may not be aware. Um, I've I've been talking about this, you know, since last May. It's been almost ten months now, um, because even though back in uh, May of 2022, we uh, helped stop the Biden's proposed amendments from going through, a set of amendments were adopted last year. And for 10 months, there's been just a media blackout, media silence about the fact that they did make changes to the international health regulations on May 27th of 2022. And so the problem that everybody really seems to be missing, everything you said, absolutely. But on top of that, the, one of the last questions there was the method by which amendments are adopted. And so what the structure of the international agreement that we've been a party to for decades, the international health regulations, includes the method by which they would be adopted. And all that is required, now, now this, um, just before I say it, there isn't a cubbyhole in people's minds for what I'm about to say. You got to like move something over in your head to let this come in because this does not compute, right? 194 delegates to the WHO can come to an agreement, silently just not give any dissent, and, and the meeting can be held, and, and they'll say, well, here's the document we're discussing. Are, are there any, um, anybody disagree? Okay, great, boom, it's done. And that would pass, be adopted, and change international law. There's no presidential signature needed. There's no Senate advice and consent. This is what they did last year with a subset of amendments that were adopted. Now, at the time, there was an 18-month period where every nation, the leader of that nation, be it a, a president or like a foreign minister could do it, um, they can just flat out reject the amendments. Under Article 61 of the International Health Regulations, if any amendments are adopted, each nation could just say, no thanks, right? You know, those are really nice, you know, appreciate all your wonderful amendments, but they're not going to apply to us, right? So we still have eight months until about November um, for our leadership, if you want to call it that, to reject the amendments that were adopted in, on May 27th, 2022, but they're the ones pushing it. And, and so media has been absolutely completely silent. It's been 10 months, and the vast majority of people have no idea. Now, the reason for talking about that and, and leading with that is people are arguing about the process. They're arguing and being distracted, as you said earlier, by the treaty, which has a slightly different process. It would require a signature. But all of this is outside of any 
public, you know, input or, or, or public comment. There's, there's no voting by the public. There's no, even our congressional representatives have been cut out of the circle of influence and, and they're supposed to be, you know, consulted. But even if our delegate were to vote no, right, which is highly unlikely because the administration is pushing for all of this, um, it, it, it's a majority rule. And, and so if the majority of the member nations decide that this is what they want, um, all of the nations are obligated to comply with it. Think about it this way. If a bill passed the House and the Senate, you know, 51 to 49 percent, and the president signed it, even though many people objected to it, that bill would, you know, obligate all 50 states, you know, to comply with it, all, you know, all things being legitimate. Yeah, if it's and, constitutional, and so, right. <laughs> right. And, and, and so the issue at hand here is this is a process that is deeply, deeply flawed and very, very different than anybody can even remotely conceive. Anybody who looks at it goes, wait a minute, James, you know, you're telling me that 194 unelected, unaccountable, unknown people can get together in, in the Palace of Nations in Geneva once a year and change international law. And I'm saying, well, they did it last year. They might do it this year. They might do it next year. That's the process. And the process is deeply flawed. And so ultimately, um, you, you know, you, you have a couple of options. You, you, you think you can negotiate a better deal. Well, you're not at the table. You're not allowed to even comment. There's, there's, there's no process for that to happen. Um, you, you think that um, getting out of the WHO um, is a good thing? I agree. Go to exitthewho.com. We need to leave. Um, Andy Biggs from Arizona has put forth HR 79. It's, it's so short, you could read it in less than two minutes. It would repeal the legislation that got us in all the way back from 1948. It would stop giving them money and it would give them the one-year notice that we're obligated to do. But even that ignores the fact, thank you very much, we'll talk about this for a minute, you're quick. Um, scroll down until you see the number 79. Um, it's uh, in a little box and it's essentially just a very simple legislation. This little box right here is the entire bill. Okay. Anybody can read it in a couple of minutes and you can comprehend it. I just explained it. Um, repeal the legislation that got us in, stop giving them money and give them a one year notice and we're out of here. That's it. That's all it is. Right okay. There. All right. James, okay. one of the, let's, before we get too far into this, let's, let's separate out something. One, this who pandemic treaty is like what you said. This is kind of what's, you know, in my mind, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but the WHO pandemic treaty is kind of like the magician who wants you to take a look at his hat over here. He's holding his hat up for you. And uh, then what happens is, is he's actually doing the trick in the, in the other hand. And to me, this sounds like the international health regulations. And the obvious question I have is, when did the U.S. sign on to the international health regulation stuff? What what did we do to because I have a real problem with the whole concept of international law because it takes and it puts the United States at the behest of some other governing body 
that the people didn't elect or, or put in power. So how did, how did we come under the, the first thing? Let's get the first thing first. And then the second thing is we know from our constitution, they can't enter into a treaty unless they have what three fourths of the Senate and then the, the, the president signing on well, so and all this. Here's, here's, here's where um, we need to stop okay. and, and make sure that everybody realizes that there's two totally separate things. There's two totally separate sets of right. Processes. I don't want people to get. I don't want people to get confused. So let yeah, take it, take and separate so those things out. Two totally different tracks. Okay, think two parallel, you know, train tracks going off into the distance. One of them is referred to by many, many names. Um, most people just say the treaty or the pandemic treaty, but it also is called. Um, the convention or agreement or other international instrument or accord, or they call it the CAII or the CA plus, um, many, many, many different names. Most people just say the treaty, okay? That engenders a certain thought process in your head that, that has you know a cubbyhole in your mind. You've heard the word treaty and maybe you had a little bit of American you know, history and government and, and read the constitution. And that's the decoy. That's you, you had it close with the magician. I'll change it just a little bit. Hey, look up over there. And somebody's reaching in your pocket to steal your wallet. Yeah. Okay. Hey, look at the treaty. Oh, we're stealing your sovereignty and your freedom over here in the amendments. Look exactly. over there. Yep. Okay. Right. And so arguably you could go back to the 1800s with sanitary regulations. Think, you know, um, in indoor plumbing, you know, potable water, sewage treatment, you know, people used to just throw their waste, you know, into the street, into the gutter, and, you know, it was filthy, and sewers ran, you know, with, I, I mean, rivers ran, you know, with raw sewage in them. Um, people downstream, you know, then got sick because of what was going on upstream. And, and so sanitary regulations did a lot to clean up infectious disease, and then they started jabbing people and, and gave credit to the jabs when it was really sanitation that did most of the work. And so after World War II, uh, the United States signed on. And if you go back to where you were on um, Exit the Who, um, just above uh, Andy Biggs's bill, there's a little tiny um, clip in there that um, this is the legislation. I don't know if you can blow that up, but the, the um, House and Senate got together in a joint resolution and essentially said, okay, great, we'll join the WHO. Harry Truman signed it, but it had in there a statement, I think it's one of the links, and it very clearly says, whatever the WHO does, doesn't require us to do anything. Ah, oh, that's good. Okay, we're, we're here to help. We wanna make the world a healthier place. We will cooperate with the world, but you can't make us do anything. Okay, fast forward, uh, you know, all of the sanitary regulations got rolled into the WHO. They're in charge of health. Okay, fine. You go to 1969, and the name of the sanitary regulations got changed to the International Health Regulations. And then in 2005, uh, a, a large number of amendments were made to it. and Somewhere in that transition, there were a few requirements that we agreed to. Okay? Now, they're not horribly egregiously bad, but they are requirements that we agreed to. 
And it's really very interesting. It's in Annex 1, and it says that all nations agree to keep track of what's going on in you know the health of their nation, surveil the health of their nation, and if they notice any abnormalities, if there's a dramatic increase in disease or death, they'll tell the WHO, hey, something's going on. Okay? And and so then the WHO you know, will determine if they should alert the world that there's a public health emergency and it's of international concern, P-H-E-I-C, or fake. Okay? Now, on one level, you can argue that that's a legitimate agreement. Hey, we'll tell you if we think we have a problem. Okay, fine. Well, the problem is they fail to do that. Right. Think about uh, a train falling off the tracks and catching fire south of where I grew up in um, eastern Ohio. Um, and a plume of smoke is headed towards Canada. Well, the United States should have said, hey, we got a public health emergency here. Um, WHO should have alerted Canada. But that didn't happen. And so you got to scratch your head and go, well, why didn't that happen? I, I published an article a couple of days ago about the fact that there is ample evidence that there is increased death around the world in all countries around the world from you know unknown causes right or you know people running around on on athletic fields just dropping dead yeah we have no idea what's causing that do we james you know it sure (laughs) looks like a public health emergency and one of the only and very few requirements that nations are obligated to, to do um, under the international health regulations is to clearly report any increase in deaths. Well, I've seen in some countries increases in deaths of 160%. Wow. Okay. Now, if that was back in you know January, February, March, April, May, June of um, 2020, something was going on there and okay everybody was alerted something was going on but actually when you look at a lot of the numbers there um you know deaths from the flu just boom disappeared you know one of cancers things- heart attacks all of that jane let me ask you something about that because you said they didn't alert on this this train crash they obviously alerted in 2020 because let's just be honest all of that was pre-planned and they wanted the fear factor. They wanted that pushed out there because they wanted to push the shots on the people. And the reason they aren't saying anything about, well, they are saying it, but they're trying to give everything. You you probably saw them, was it last year, the Mockingbird Media was putting out the stories where all these people are you know, dying suddenly and everything. They're putting out the stories to say, well... Uh, this can be caused by, you know, climate change. This can be caused by you're, you're running a little too much. This can be caused by you got too much stress. They were given everything except what was clear right in front of everybody's face that we warned about would come six months to three years down the road about the shots. And we're seeing it on a daily basis. So they get in there and they pull the pull the horn, if you will, like the truck drivers, you know, you ride by them and you pull the horn. They pull the horn when they want to do it because they have an agenda to face. So that leads me to another question. You said there's we have representation at the WHO. Is that is that did I hear you correctly? That there's delegates or something to the WHO well, from the United um, States? Are arguably yes and arguably no. Okay. okay. Um if you if you go to um rejectdigitalenslavement.com, 
here's uh, the, the story that we mentioned earlier, the magician or somebody pointing over here and then they're picking your pocket. Okay. The, the thing that I've focused on, which is the thing that I believe they really, really want, but they don't want anybody really, really talking about is, you know, essentially digital enslavement. The European Union, if you scroll down a, a bit, a, a good ways down, you'll see something that says take action. And so um, a lot of good videos that I think people should watch on rejectdigitalenslavement.com. But um, scroll down until you see take action. And then actions number two and three, I believe off the top of my head, um, have uh, the information for the people who have been uh, active in regards to the um, proposed amendments to the international health regulations. Colin McIff, sure, he's a wonderful, fine, upstanding man. He's a member of the um, working group uh, for the amendments to the international health regulations. And I think if you scroll down a little bit more, you'll see um, Mara Burr, who uh, actually was the person speaking on behalf of the um, United States a little bit further down um, at the meeting from February uh, 20th to the 24th. And so um, these are the people who um, are at least they have been in the front of representing the United States. Um, Javier Becerra is quietly, likely, actually, officially the chief delegate. He's the uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services. The U.S. sends a delegation of like 50 people. So there are many, many, many people involved, mostly in the Office of Global Affairs at um, the Department of Health and Human Services. But what they really want was laid out very clearly back in November by the Indonesian health minister at the B20. Now, he laid out what I think is a series of false choices. We had a little pop quiz, okay? So we'll, we'll create another little pop quiz because here's how okay. he laid it out. And, and I think he, um, he, he pretty much showed you the psychological operation that's coming, right? He started off by saying, well, you know, back in early 2020, when COVID first showed up, um, we had to lock down the world. It's like, okay, well, that's lie number one. No, you didn't. You chose to, right? Then he said, well, you know, that hurt the economy. Well, you know, that's kind of lie number two, because, you know, it hurt mom and pop stores really bad. It hurt people working in certain industries. Um, didn't seem to hurt the big box stores or the drug companies, Okay. And yeah, it hurt the economy, but you got to be a little more precise than that. That's line number two. So then he said, well, you know, we want goods to move around. Yeah, we do. But we also want our freedom to move around. Don't forget about that. Right. Then he really tells the big ones. He says, look, um, if you're properly vaccinated or you're properly tested, then you can move around. And so, you know, my attitude is, you know, I'm not going to choose from line number one, two, three, four or five. I want the truth. Amen. That's right. Yeah. And the truth is, you don't have the authority to control my life by Amen. demanding that I do something to my body. Yep, that's right. Period. That's okay? right. But that psychological operation, even though when I heard it, I was like, lie number one, two, three, four, and five. I also said, oh, man, you know, people are going to fall for that. Like, well, we don't want to be completely locked down. And yeah, we don't want to hurt the economy. And I, I don't want to, oh, okay, well, you know, oh, I just got to get tested. Okay, well, the tests are ridiculous. And even if they were accurate, 
okay? No one has the authority to demand that you do something to your body that you do not wish to do in order to live your life. That's not what unalienable rights are. That's and right. The problem is most people have really not had it sink deep into the core of their being that people have to respect your wishes. Emergency be damned. Yeah. Okay. If someone has the power to say, and, and literally, this is one of the changes that was proposed in, in the proposed amendments to the regulations that the director general of the um, World Health Organization could say that there's an emergency if he determines that there's the potential for something to be an emergency. Okay. So you go all the way back to Roman times to understand what the definition of the word dictator is. In Roman times, if they had an emergency, they would put somebody in charge and he would dictate orders. He would bark orders to you know what needed to be done. Well, I've been a project manager and I've been in situations where somebody had to take charge and you know organize people. And you go, hey, you know, can you do that? And, and we need you to do that. Can you do that? You don't say you have to do that. It's a collaborative, cooperative effort. You go, look, we got a lot of things we need to do. Are you okay? You do that. You do that. You do that. You do that. If somebody says, no, I, I, I'm not going to do that, you can't make them. But that's the fallacy. These rights are not derogable. They are not uh, unalienable rights mean that they are permanent. And if you don't want to, you don't have to. That's right. Yeah. Unalienable carries the idea that nobody is able to take them from you. And literally, you're not supposed to be even able to give them up because they're given to you by the creator himself. So so they're they're yours. And if people and infringe if it, on that, and, they're going to infringe. But but the other, at some point you lose your mind and you forget yourself and you temporarily go, you know, OK, fine, because you're in a panic or you just, you know, I'm not thinking straight. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Wait a minute. Um, My bad. Give it back. <laughs> It's it's mine. You can't have it. Well, Even yeah, I... and it's it's kind of like what happened in the Garden of Eden, where you know Satan kind of seduces Eve there with his words of, "Well, did God really say that?" He knows that you're going to be like him if you partake of this stuff, and that's kind of what they're doing. They're kind of putting something before us that that makes it look like it's good, that it's good for us, and they're they're beguiling us. They're getting us to be. Uh, to think that we're their debtors and we owe them something, so we have to go along with it. just want to put in some constitutional education for people who don't know it, because I think I said it wrong earlier. I was thinking about Article 5 Convention. I don't know why. But with regard to treaties, Clause 2 of Article 2 of our U.S. Constitution talks about the president's power, and it says he, he shall have power by and with the advice and consent of the Senate to make treaties provided two-thirds of the senators pres present concur. Now, one of the problems that we've seen uh, here uh, a couple of years ago where our sovereignty was sold out by then-President Donald Trump was the USMCA, which was a treaty. But the funny thing was it went through the House, which I've never seen anything do that. Then it went through the Senate. Then he signed it. It's a bad deal for America, just like NAFTA was. But but this this treaty is one thing. Is it your is it your understanding that what they're going to do is they're trying they would they would love to get the treaty through, but they're more interested in putting in this thing that people are already signed on to these amendments in there 
that carries far more weight for them than the treaty or are both equal to them as far as uh, a power grab? This is exactly where everybody gets confused. Okay. And so the issue is people want to talk about the theoretical manner in which a treaty um, in the United States is adopted. If you step outside of the United States and you look at the international community, in general, as far as they are concerned, if somebody from your nation signs a document, they don't generally call things treaties. You know, treaties are usually reserved for, well, we had a war and now we have peace. And you think peace treaty, right? All of these international agreements or conventions or other international instruments from outside the United States, the whole rest of the world, if somebody signs something, they take that as an agreement. And from outside the United States, you know, when uh, Obama signs the Paris um, Climate Accords and then Trump unsigns them and then Biden signs them back, you know, in other nations are looking at the United States going, you know, you people don't keep your word, right? And, and the issue is people get hung up on the definition of the term and get confused that that's the magician saying, hey, look over here, while they're working on changing something that we've already agreed. Yes, to that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Good, and, good and explanation. So, and, and so the, the focus is being taken off 307 proposed amendments to an existing, I mean, the, the list of amendments is almost longer than the actual international health regulations. And so in those 307 proposed amendments are some horrific things. They, uh, Bangladesh proposed changing the definition of what a recommendation is. A recommendation, which the WHO has the authority to make recommendations. Big whoop-de-doo. People make recommendations all the time. Yeah. The, de the definition of a recommendation currently is non-binding advice. Of course, that's what a recommendation is. Bangladesh wants to cross out the phrase non-binding. You go, hey, wait a minute, why are you doing that? Well, Malaysia comes along and in Article 42 says, well, um, recommendations shall be implemented immediately. And you go, well, why don't you just call them orders now? Because if a recommendation is now binding and must be adopted and implemented immediately, that's not a recommendation by anybody's understanding of the term. That's right. In, in Article 2, I already mentioned, they want to change uh, and, and give the power to the Director General to um, declare an emergency if there's the you know, possibility that there is a potential for an emergency. Well, you go, well, wait a minute, that's just anything. You know, you can always trip and fall and hurt yourself. There's always the potential for an emergency. What the heck are you doing? The most you know ridiculous one that should get people crazy fired up is when I first read the international health regulations back a year or so ago, and I got to Article Three, Section One. It says that the fundamental purpose, you know, of the these are the core principles of the international health regulations. 
They must be implemented with full respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people. And I read that, you know, Article 3, I'm just getting started reading, and I'm like, you know, hey, these things don't sound so bad. I could go with that. Well, India proposed crossing that out. Literally, just cross out being implemented with full respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people. That should be where you stop and you go, okay, something's going on here that I need to pay attention to. This is really, really wrong. Now, you can go down through the other 300 and some proposed amendments. My focus is on what I think they really want, which primarily comes from the European Union. There's 27 nations in the European Union, and there's four nations in South America that also put forth a, a, a number of proposals, Argentina, Paraguay, Uruguay, and Brazil, and um, Indonesia, India, and Russia all put forth proposed amendments to dramatically expand and digitize um, the concept of vaccine certificates. They want to add prophylaxis or prevention certificates, testing certificates. They have the vaccine certificates and also recovery certificates, whatever the heck that is. None of those things are defined. And they want to have it all tied to a QR code along with the traveler's uh, health declaration and, and a passenger locator form. And, and they want this to be an interoperable database so that they can track and trace everybody around the world and potentially limit your ability to travel. Well, that's a problem. I don't want to be put in a digital prison. I don't want my movement about the planet to be, you know, infringed upon by some bureaucrat somewhere who, you know, checks a box in their country's database and says, oh, well, now you've got to do this, 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 and this yeah, exactly. in, order, in order to travel to that country. And, and so this is a very skillfully crafted smoke and mirrors magician trick. Oh, look over here. Look over here. Look over here. Look over here. Well, what they did last year is they had amendments that they proposed. They got kicked to the curb. And then, boom, they drop some new ones in, pass them like that. They've been in a state of limbo for the last 10 months, and nobody's talked about them. 194 delegates who are not elected, not accountable, and pretty much unknown, went, literally went in a back room and agreed to the changes that they were talking about last year. And they've been in this state of limbo for 10 months because there's an 18-month period when any leader from any nation can just write a letter to the WHO and go, hey, you know, thanks for all these amendments, but no thanks, we'll pass. Yeah, it's really that now, it's really that easy, but they are not doing it because the people are unaware. Yeah, Absolutely and James, th let me, let's bring up these other two people that you have, and I, I freak. I'm just going to bring, I'm going to put, uh, because James has domains set up that, that are forwarded to, to his Substack. So I'm going to have those links so people can see them. But, um, I, I'm sure most people, James, don't even know who this lady is. Mara Burr. It took, but it she's, me, it, it took me a week to figure, to find out. It took what, me a whole week. But right? she's, she's got on her, on her little deal here. Was that a, is that a tweet? That looks like a tweet. I don't know. Uh, she says, proud to represent the United States of America. Who? And I'll bet, I'll bet you couldn't find 10 people in the United States of America, and I'm talking about just the citizens, not anybody in government, who know who this lady is. And then, who's this other guy? Colin, 
McGiff. McGiff. Um, I, I bet they don't know who he is either. And I bet they don't even know there's a representation or there's supposed to be a representation at the who. Now, the only way I can figure out, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, and then we'll get right back on where we're at. The only way I can figure that they have these here is somehow the who is somehow tied to the United Nations treaty that we have, which I think we need to kick the United Nations off U.S. soil and we need to get out of it. That is that is just one of the biggest enslavements. It's kind of like the uh, the Federal Reserve in a, in a way, except the Federal Reserve is far more wicked um, in, in its un, in its doings. But I, I bet people don't even realize that they, quote unquote, have representatives, which I don't think they're really representatives. They're like what you said, delegates. Well, they're, referred, they're referred to as delegates. Delegates, okay? yeah. Um, ultimately, um, in the original agreement that was signed by Harry Truman back in 1948, the president nominates the chief delegate, and usually um, it has been the uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services. So at the last assembly, um, Javier Becerra was the chief delegate. But, you know, usually um, that's the ceremonial post, and, you know, other people are busy doing all the negotiations and, and the work and all that kind of thing. And, and so there has been no public comment about these proposed amendments. What they did back uh, last month from February 20th to the 24th, they met for five days in Geneva, all the member delegates, and some of them dialed it in via Zoom, but um, they were supposed to have two meetings each of the five days for a total of 10 sessions. They only recorded and made public four of the 10, so six of the 10 were totally secret. They did the same thing the next week for the treaty. Four out of the 10 were made public, and the other six were secret. And so we have no idea. Now, what they were trying to accomplish in those past meetings, for the last year or so, they've been accepting proposals. Well, did you hear any public comment about what we the people want? If you go no. um, back to October 9th, you know, when I got wind of you know what was going on and started making us think about it, um, you can go to thepeoplesamendments.com. And I'm like, well, hey, if you guys are changing international law, I got a couple of suggestions. The international health regulations are, you know, a mixed bag. Some of the stuff is okay. Some of the stuff is horrific. There are a lot of things that I would like to change. I encourage people to go to the people's amendments to the international health regulations and understand what the heck this, these documents are and Maybe you have some really good ideas on how they should be changed. But see, here's the thing. You're not considered to be a relevant stakeholder, right? Only large foundations like Bill and Melinda Gates and the Rockefeller Organization and many, many others, even things like the Rotary International um, are considered relevant. Well, so you're saying that 8 billion people are irrelevant? Well, well they, that yeah, that's the exactly what they want to do. I mean, it, James, isn't this the, the very thing that we see that plays out? Uh, so, for I'm, you know, I'm thinking of Genesis 11 because I've just got this whole view of how this system is, is working. And in Genesis 11, you've got the, the guys come together and say, let's come together so we're not scattered upon the earth. Let's build us a city so that we're not done that. And we can have safety and security and protection and blah, blah, all the promises of utopia. You know, mm -hmm. if we do that instead of the quote unquote 
rugged individualism, which virtually no Americans know anything about now. They think that is building a business, but no, rugged individualism was survival, growing your own food, hunting, building your own house, you know, inventing your own stuff to deal with. That was rugged individualism. Um, but, but I see them doing this and let, let's see if we, we've got about six minutes and I want to try to focus us in here. What is it that people really need to be focused on? Do they really need to be concerned about the treaty so much or these amendments? Which one is most important that they get their eyes on um, and, and, and how can they have an effect to, to stop them? The, the most important thing I feel is, to, um, is what it said at the end of the little quiz. Go to stoptheglobalagenda.com. And, and understand what the difference is, because what's happening is it's, it's all bad, right? You know, if, they, if they're able to pass the treaty, they'll take it. If they're able to pass some of the amendments, they'll take it. If they can get both, they'll certainly take that. It's all important. And this is the problem is, is you know, they get everybody on overload and people's circuit breakers switch off and they go, I can't take it anymore. I don't want to deal with it, right? And, and so... Um, all of the things that you said, I agree with, but the one aspect of rugged individualism is that people inform themselves and make up their own minds. And so Amen. The, issue, the issue is not to believe a single word I say, okay? What I've been doing for the last year is just simply taking their documents, right? And if, if you go on this page, you can download the amendments from the various nations. You can download the zero draft of the treaty. And I caution you with the treaty because they're pretty, they're pretty good. The first 12 pages of the zero draft of the treaty um, is the sweetest propaganda you will ever read. The first paragraph on page three under like their preamble talks about national sovereignty and how important it is to them. And you scratch your head going, yeah, but later on in the document, you want us to do all these many different things. Yep. What they don't talk about is that in the amendments, right, they're essentially saying all, all of these powers would be given over to the WHO. Well, if you transfer authority from one organization or nation to an international organization, that's a loss of control. That's a loss of sovereignty. But if you trick people into agreeing to it on behalf of a group of people who don't even know that this is going on, this is kind of like if I sold your house. You didn't give me permission to sell your house, but I could, you know, people do that all the time. They, they, they cheat and defraud people and, and do things that they're not allowed to do. I never gave my authority to anybody to represent me in front of the who that's right yep there's there is no representation they're delegates they're chosen by the president it all runs through the president and they're they're in the foreign affairs manual there's an obligation for public comment with any kind of treaty i, I did a whole article a couple of days ago about the fact that there are protocols for negotiators to be properly vetted to be given the authority and and to have limitations on you know how much is this treaty or amendments going to cost um what is the limit that they're allowed to negotiate away all of this has been done in silence and anything that's in silence and in darkness 
when you shine light on it, you know, the cockroaches go scurrying. All I've been trying to do for the last year is say, look, in, on May 27th of 2022, 194 people got together and they made a decision amongst themselves to change international law. There's an 18 month period where any and all nations can say, no, we don't want that, right? But if it's kept in silence, if it's kept in secret, and those 18 months pass, the concept of silence equals consent is how they operate. Yeah. And so the problem is we, the people, need to not be silent any longer. Speak up. I have another website, silenceequalsconsent.com, but don't go there. Go to screwthewho.com because in September, I put out a call to people around the world to just take out your phone, take out your laptop, you got a camera, wherever you may have it, and say whatever it is you want to say. Don't rely on the media. If you just do a really quick scroll down, hundreds of people, some of them you may recognize, some of them you may not, but just regular average people around the world recorded themselves saying whatever it is they wanted to say and, and spoke their mind. Because if you're silent, you're going to get what they want. If you speak up and you create with your word, I'm pretty sure pretty early on in the Bible, you know, very first thing was the word. Well, if you're That's silent, right. if you're silent, then someone else is going to speak their word and speak what they want into creation. Amen. Yeah. The problem is that we, the people, need to just collect our thoughts. Find our voice. Find our voice. And speak into existence that which you want, not allow them to speak what they want. Everybody has a voice. Everybody can use it. The problem is we've been, sil we've been silenced, okay? And, and so, you know, many people, not you, obviously not me, but a lot of people are silent. They're afraid to speak. Some of the people in those videos, they wore like a hat or something, or they did this with their lap. Yep, yep. I think we lost James. I think he froze up right there at the end. James, I think we lost you. Oh, yeah, he went right off. Okay, well, we got about 27 seconds here. Let me just point to this. This is, uh, we lost James. He may come back here in the 20 seconds, but this is James's uh, substack. It's James Roguski, R-O-G-U-S-K-I dot com, or dot substack dot com. So be sure and check him out and uh learn the stuff i'll have all the links to all these i won't have the exact title of the uh, dot coms that he gave but we will have the links on there so you guys can check it so that you can learn you can do what you need to do and uh, james if you'll hang on i'll say goodbye to you off air but be sure and inform yourself and then find your voice and speak out bradley be with you at 3 p.m eastern 2 p.m central sons of liberty we'll see you in the morning lord willing 6 a.m adios